this is Carrie Peters and Stacey Morgenstern and welcome to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast where we're here to question how we do life because the normal rules no longer apply. Hello, Better Than Ever podcasters, Hannah Duncan here. It is National Cancer Survivor Month and the Better Than Ever podcast will be featuring stories from our community, starting with HCI team member Katie Mascari. We'll feature her a couple times this month, so stay tuned for the other parts of her story. Hi, I'm here with Katie Mascari. Katie is one of our wonderful Clarity Coaches here at Health Coach Institute, and she has an amazing story that led her to health coaching. Uh, Katie, would you, would you care to share a little bit about your life pre-finding out that you were diagnosed with breast cancer? My background, as far as profession, I had spent about 16 years in corporate HR, doing a lot of training and development and, you know, things of that nature, any, any typical HR person would do. And it was, it was great. It was really rewarding for a while. And then it just started to not be fulfilling. So I went to my husband and we put a plan together and I said, look, I'm just really not happy. I, I, I would like to just take a break. I had two young kids. So we put together a financial plan and just made it happen. So I was at home with my kids. It was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. But as my children started getting into more full-time school, I thought, you know, I really need to do something. I, I want to go back to work, but I, I need to find out what it is that I'd like to do. So I started teaching fitness classes, spinning classes, and absolutely loved it and really started paying attention to my health. And ironically, while all this was going on, um, I did not know it, but I actually had breast cancer. And I did not have any um, physical symptoms. I actually just went in for a mammogram. You know, I had the mammogram. They called me back in and said, hey, we want you to come back in. We've seen something that's a little suspicious, but no big deal. So I was slightly worried, um, and then I went back in, had a second mammogram. Then they said they wanted to do a biopsy. At that time, I kind of knew, I don't know, I, I knew that something was up. And looking back on this now, I, I really looked back on the, the previous maybe four or five months to my diagnosis, and I realized that I was exhausted literally exhausted. I thought it was because I was teaching a lot of fitness classes, but I would teach a class, come home and sleep all day until my kids came home. And that was not like me. I was very high energy. So looking back, I knew something was off, but I didn't know what. So it made a little bit of sense to me when I got the diagnosis. They had early stage invasive uh, breast cancer. It was very small. It was early stage, but it was also aggressive. So we, you know, I had to go through the full rounds of, of chemo and, and surgery and, and all of that. But so that, that kind of was my life leading up. Great life, great career, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And bam, you know, then that I got the diagnosis. What was the first thing that went through your mind when you received that diagnosis? Do you remember? Oh, Yeah. I do. I remember like it was yesterday, you know, I was actually getting ready. I, I taught preschool at the time as well. And my mom came over to be with my young son and I got the phone call and they called me and told me, and it was like, I had run into a brick wall. I, my heart was racing. I, I was like, what are you saying? It was, it was almost to the point where I was in shock. Um, because here I was healthy and happy and 
teaching fitness classes for goodness sake. You know, my life was good. And then all of a sudden this was thrown at me. So I was very much not in disbelief, but just in, in shock at that moment. It took a few hours for me to sit down and process what they had told me. What was your journey through treatment like? How long between finding out and then beginning treatment did you have? Was it immediate? You know, it was hard because with, with, with breast cancer, you know, first you have to get the diagnosis and then you need to, it's very complicated because then you need to find a doctor. Um, and I just didn't want to take the first doctor that my OBGYN recommended. You know, I wanted the best. Mm-hmm. And so I thank goodness I had friends in great places and I was able to get in. It took about a week and a half, but I was able to get in to the um, Ohio State Stephanie Spielman uh, Breast Cancer Center, which was one of the top. And getting in in a week and a half was fast. But I tell you that week and a half was horrific because you don't know what type of cancer you have. There's many types of breast cancer. I didn't know what stage it was. I didn't know if I was going to live or die. And I had two, small, I had two kids at the time, a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. And so literally, I spent a week that, spe- that felt like years not knowing. And the worst thing I did was get on the internet like everybody else does, you know, and um, never, ever do that. Nobody ever do that because it's, it's, it's not a good thing. No one posts, unfortunately, no one gets their positive stories out there, but um, it really was difficult. So I spent a week just not knowing what my life was going to look like. And when I went in for the initial appointment, I was given my diagnosis. It was stage one. It was very small, but it was very aggressive. So because of the type that I had, it's called HER2 positive. Because of the type that I had, I, no matter what, I had to have chemotherapy and they, because I had to have a secondary targeted drug, which saved my life, which I'm very, it was called Herceptin, which I'm very thankful for. Um, and then I was given the choice to have a lumpectomy. And I said, no way. I said, you know what? I, I'm done. Get them off. Get the girls off. <laughs> you know, I don't want to ever have to have another mammogram and worry about this. So that was kind of the first step. And <clears throat> after, after meeting with my doctor and deciding the next course of action was the mastectomy, um, that took about four weeks. So there was four weeks from that appointment to the surgery. And <clears throat> again, it felt like years. Um, I, in fact, when I visited him for that first visit, I said, great, do you have an appointment in about an hour to do this mastectomy? <laughs> and he just laughed and said, no, don't worry. You know, you need some time to process this. So it's, this, this, this is the hardest stage, um, I think, a lot in the cancer kind of survivor's journey is that you're just sitting there waiting and you're thinking about your whole life, you know, I, I, am I going to survive this? Am I not going to survive this? You know, what does this mean for my children? How do I tell my children? Um, and my husband was very supportive and I had a great network. So while it was very scary, Um, At the same time, I had so much support. Uh, The the outreach of uh, 
positivity and love and from people that quite frankly, I didn't even know they cared about me or even liked me. Um, I had this amazing support around me and of course my faith and it really shows you the goodness and humanity. So that was one of the best, you know, the, the, the best things that came out of this journey is that you realize that man, life is good. Even in a crappy situation, life is good. So, you know, I, I went through the, the surgery and then went through five grueling months of chemo. And, but you have to kind of make the best of it. I know that sounds crazy, but I always wanted to laugh. I, we had a party the night we shaved my head. I let my kids do it. Um, it, it really rips you to your core. The, the chemo takes you down to your core and it was very difficult and I was very sick. But I also had this drive in me to make this count, you know, help other women, help other people, not just going through cancer, but have them realize that you don't have to go through something as tragic as this to follow your life's path and your life's dream. And, you know, that was the biggest thing that I took away from, from that whole experience. And there were dark days. Um, there were lots of dark days. But, you know, I, I, this ultimately led me to where I am today working for HCI and also being a health coach is not just the health part of it, but the mental part of it and, and being able to be a true inspiration to other cancer survivors, but just people in general that, you know, life is what you make of it. So you've got to seize this moment. You have to, you have to put into to practice what your passion is. So that's, you know, that's what I took away from the experience. And I could talk to you about hours about treatment and all the crazy things that happened. And, and I actually wrote, um, I have journals that I wrote on Caring Bridge that people read and it was very therapeutic, but it's a, it's a tough journey, but in the end, it can be a very positive one as well. You, you had two young kids through this whole thing. Having kids is hard enough as it is, but mm -hmm. to also be, be going through a serious time in your life, you know, how are your kids? What, what did you do to make the situation better for them? They see mommy is not feeling well. What tools were you using to, to continue that family? You know, I, the hardest thing that I remember thinking, we didn't tell them right away. We wanted to get the full diagnosis, but that was the hardest part. It's like, how do I tell my kids? Like, how do you look at your kids and try to explain this to them. And I remember it was time to tell them. And I just said a prayer. I'm like, God, give me strength. You know, I'm like, just let me get through this without falling on the floor and crying. <laughs> like, that's all I want. That's all I want. And, you know, it was amazing. I had a great conversation with them and I was open and I was honest. And I explained to them, okay, mommy's got this sick little part in her chest and the doctors are going to take it out and it's going to be okay but it's going to be a journey. You're going to see me get medicine that makes me sick. But what that means is that I am getting better. And they just kind of looked at me and my seven-year-old really didn't understand it. My 10-year-old more so did, but I wanted them, I wanted to be honest as I could so they would not be scared and I could prepare them what to expect. And I had really long blonde hair at the time. And I said, you know what's gonna happen? I said, guys, I'm going to lose my hair. I am going to be bald. 
And they looked at me like, okay, wait, where is she going with this? Is she going to cry? Is she, you know, I just started laughing. I'm like, you are going to get to see my big old bald head, you know, and they started laughing and I said, and it's okay, it'll grow back. So I really just, uh, from that moment, I, t- I wanted to enforce that, you know, just really reinforce, I'm going to be okay. It's going to be hard. You're going to see me cry and that's all right. Um, and then through the whole process, I did let them see me cry a few times, but I also more importantly, let them see me help other women going through this. I had women that would come to my house that were also going through it. I talked to them a lot about faith and how that got me through. And basically we laughed a lot. We cried a lot together and, but they also saw all the positive things that I was doing to make this a, a positive experience and a learning experience. And to this day, they still remember that. In fact, my 10 year old who is my, who was 10, he's now 13. The other day he said to me, well, mom, he said, you didn't, you know, you didn't, you didn't cry. You weren't negative at all when you found out you had cancer and you were going through treatment. And he's such a sweetheart. And I just kind of giggled and I looked at him and said, oh, honey, I was in the closet crying. That's why he didn't see me, (laughs) you know? Um, But we got through it and I I tried to turn something very negative into a learning experience. And I wanted to show them that no matter what life throws you, you can get through it. You, you really can. And you make choices in your life that are going to take you down the wrong path or the right path. And you just, you know, we just kind of focused, focused on that. And I was honest and open without scaring them. But yeah, that's, I mean, that's just kind of how it was every day for a while. You've got such a, a wonderful, positive attitude and, and good outlook on it. Let's get to a, an even happier part. When did you find out that you were in the clear. What did that feel like? Yeah, it, you know, it's amazing. I, they, the doctors can't say much, but my doctor from the day he gave me the diagnosis, I will never forget. He's such a great guy. He just put his hand on my knee and he said, we're going to fix you. Don't worry. And so that gave me a lot of hope right then. And, but when I really realized that the hard part of the journey was over was two, two times. My last day of chemo, the hardcore chemo, I was, I was like on a high, you know, and first of all, I looked back and thought, I cannot believe I have been through this. Like what the hell happened? And I was on such a high because I did it. I went through it and they knew I was going to be okay. There's always that lingering fear that it could come back, but you know what? You can't live in that fear. That was the first time that I really felt strong. And then I went into a seriously a deep, dark um, place where I thought, oh my gosh, this might come back and how do I live this way? But that passes. And then the second point where I really knew I was in the clear and really felt like the happiest I think I've ever felt is my last day of targeted therapy. I had to go for five months of chemo and then an additional six months for targeted therapy. Um, and that was an infusion as well. But the last day, I mean, I, we had a party. They had to kick me out of the chemo ward because I had all my friends there mm-hmm. and my family was there. And I was just like, we all had t-shirts on. I mean, it was amazing. I've never felt that high in my life. It was just like, oh my gosh, 
I went through this and now I am a better person. I know what I want. I'm never going to waste any more time. And knowing that I was going to be okay, it, it, you can't describe that feeling to anybody. So it took me a full year to get there. Um, but it was, it was okay. And I got there and it really made me realize what I wanted to do in my life and what an impact that I could have on other people to live their best lives. And I said from that day forward, you know, I want to do something. And I, I would tell my husband this, I want to do something. It, when I go back to work, it has to be something that I love, that I'm passionate about, that fits in with my family, and that makes, I can make a difference in people's lives. And it doesn't have to be, you know, involving cancer every day. It can just be a part of my journey. You know, that's kind of what led me into the space that I'm in now. And that was about, that was almost, that was three and a half, four years ago. So one thing I, I wanted to, to focus on before we start closing this is the role that community played in all of this. Um, it sounds like you had this amazing support system with you along the way. What can you say to somebody who maybe doesn't have that community? Like, did you meet people along in your journey that weren't receiving the same support you were? Would you have any advice for those people? You know, I did. I did, and I tried to be a source of strength for them when I could. Um, I would say one, one difficult thing for me was how do I tell other people? Because I didn't want pity. You know, I did not want pity. I didn't want the looks like, oh, she has cancer. I'm like, oh, God. Like, that just, that's not who I am, and I didn't want that. So I was a little afraid to tell everyone, but I tell you, I'm so glad I did. And it sounds crazy, but I did it in an email. And the more people you share this with, the more community you're, you're going to have. And you, you cannot imagine who is there to help you through things if you just let them in, even if it's just a few people. But community is so important. It's so important to really trust your doctors and your nurses. It's so important to let your friends in and let them help you and your family, let them in, let them help you. You know, you don't have to be strong all the time. It's okay to show that vulnerability, um, but finding your community in whatever way you can is that's what's going to get you through. So even if you can share your story a little bit, I think, you, you know, people are going to be very surprised at what happens when they open themselves up to that. Um, just, just a quick example, when I was going in to get my wigs, um, my best friend was with me and my mom, and wigs are not cheap. I am not kidding you, unless you want to, like, go buy a really crazy, like, Einstein wig. I mean, these things are expensive, um, one wig was like $800. It was crazy. So I was a little nervous. I wasn't working. You know, I'm like, well, I'll keep it cheap. Maybe I'll just look like Carol Brady for a while. I don't know. But when I walked in to get my wig, my friend handed me an envelope. It was full of $900 that random people had collected for me to buy my wig. And I had a list of all of them, and I'm not kidding, Hannah, on half of these people, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think they liked me, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, the more you put yourself out there, even a little bit, the more you're going to get that community 
around you, no matter how big or small, and let people help you. You need help. You have to have help. Let those walls down. My sister-in-law, Erica, came and spent three weeks. She drove cross-country with her two kids that have special needs. You know, she came for three weeks, even though my mom was right around the corner, and she did everything. So find your community. Find your people and let them help you. That's beautiful. What about somebody who has a, a loved one? What advice would you give to them to, to help, even if it's not a loved one, a stranger? Like what are, what are three right. things that they can do to make somebody who's going through something similar's life better? Okay, so just a few things. So <laughs> first of all, <laughs> I would say still be yourself around that person that's going through cancer. You know, don't change who you are and your interaction with them just because they have cancer. You know, if you and your friend have a joking relationship where you're very smart aleck with them and they are with you, don't change that because that makes, that would make the, the person that is going through this that has the cancer feel like you're pitying them. So treat them as you always would, you know. Um, secondly, Never say, what can I do to help? Just do it. You know, don't ever email, text, or call someone and say, what can I do to help? What you want to do, because they don't know. They're so overwhelmed. You pick up the phone and you say, hey, I'm bringing you dinner tonight. What do you want me to do with it? You want me to leave it on your porch? Do you want me to open the door and drop it in your kitchen? Tell them what you're going to do and do it. Don't ask. They already have too much on their mind that for them to try to figure out how you can help them, you know, that's, that's not helpful. Um, and I think the, the third thing is, you know, just laugh a lot with them. Laugh. See if you can get them to laugh. That is honestly the best, the best medicine. And saying things like, oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to get through this. Um, I don't recommend that, strangely enough. But I, I wanted the support, but what I loved is when my friends would come to me and say, this sucks. I can't believe this happened to you. This really sucks. This stinks. But you know what? I'm going to help you get through it. Because that, that validates like they understand this is serious and this is hard, but they're going to be there to help. So I think those are probably just the top three things that I can say. Um, oh, and never tell a story. <laughs> never tell a story to someone going through cancer about someone that you know that had cancer who is now dead. <laughs> I mean, believe it or not, I <laughs> just really quick. Okay, so I was talking. I gave a chat. Like, my big old bald head and I stood up on a stage and gave a little bit of a motivational speech about my treatment um, while I was still going through it. And this really sweet person lady came up to me afterwards. She was adorable. Okay. Love her. But she was telling me about her friend that went through cancer and you know, how brave we all are. And then at the end I said, well, how was your friend? And she's like, Oh, she died. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, and this is just me. I just looked at my other friend and we looked at each other and I'm like, okay, I'm sorry to hear that. And then I just like, I started laughing, but you know, please don't, don't share your stories about other people that have died. <laughs> it sounds so easy, but <laughs> you know, and I know people don't know what to say and it's difficult, but I'm just putting it out there. 
That is key advice. I, I feel like I've, I've definitely heard that multiple times or seen friends who have gone through similar things. And of yeah. course, everybody always brings up that, that negative story and you're like, uh, no, 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 I don't right. need that. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I already I'm thought I was going to die, so I would like to move past that. So <laughs> please don't remind me of what's right. going on. Right. Um, <laughs> Well, um, so what what is life like now? You know, you've been removed from the the treatment world, and you you've kind of had a couple years under your belt. Like, what are things that are different now? That maybe things that you do differently now, or lifestyle changes? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was going through cancer, I really was all about you know doing research and and just just dove into all the, the cancer fighting research, which is great. But some of that is not maintainable every day. So what I do now is I really kind of think about food differently. I mean, I love food. I love sugar, but it's not, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for me. Um, so when I, you know, I use a lot of the techniques as a health coach that I work with my clients on that I learned through the program, through Become a Health Coach. Um, because it works and it's amazing. And my whole relationship with food changed. You know, I see it as what is it doing to my body? Is it, is, am I, is this a, a nutrient dense meal? Is this something that's helping me? And yes, I still have my snacks. I still have my, you know, my ice cream now and then, but I, I look at food differently and it truly is about changing those habits. Um, and really changing your mindset. So again, looking at food differently, is this, is this helping me? Is this hurting me? Um, and 90% of the time I want it to be helping me. Um, you know, also my life was great before. Um, and I've always been a positive person. I like to think, but I tell you life is better now. And I get excited about everything. And when I hear someone saying, well, I really want to do this, but I can't because of X, Y, and Z. My first response is, of course you can. You know, of course you can. You got to figure it out. Go through, you know, go through the steps and figure it out. Everyone, no matter what their situation, can take control of where they want to take it. You know, if you want to put your passion into practice, you can do that. And you're given one life Make it, make it what you want out of it. And that is something that I really live by every day, which is why I love doing what I do as a clarity coach. I, I love helping people realize that they can do this. You can really do this. You can, you can do what you love and have a fabulous career. Um, and that's simply what I, why I do what I do. It's about the health. It's about being good to your body, but it's also about being good, you know, spiritually, whatever you believe in. It's good about the mental, the emotional. Um, you have to have all of that balanced in order to have a good life. And cancer did teach me that. I don't know if I would be a health coach today if I didn't have cancer. And I, I certainly would not be a clarity coach if I didn't have cancer because I don't, I don't know if I would really believe in it as much as I do now. Um, so I really love having these passionate conversations with, 
with students that want to come in but but don't exactly know how or why i mean that it is it's given me this whole separate mindset that i feel you know cancer gave that to me and um I don't really want everyone to have cancer to have that realization, but I, you know, that was the blessing that I took from all of it. And my kids see me as stronger and positive. Um, I don't worry about things that don't matter. And if I want to do something, by golly, I'm going to do it. I'm going to find a way I'm going to do it. Money isn't going to hold me back. Um, my schedule isn't going to hold me back. Nothing's going to hold me back because this is what I want to do. I love being able to coach people through that and feeling better about themselves and their bodies and, and bringing it all together. And um, yeah, so I, I have to say that life is good. You know, we, I still have struggles, you know, every day that my hair is not growing back like it used to. Um, my body is, is crazy because of all the treatment. But you know what? I'm here and I'm healthy and I'm doing what I love. And I have a great family and friends and husband and all of that. So it, um, you know, honestly, I tell people, they ask me why I do this. And I said, cancer made me a health coach. Cancer really pushed me in this direction. And I don't want everybody to have a tragic event in their life to realize that they can do this too. Do you have a quote? What is something that you live by, that you love, that you, you think to yourself, if you have a... Yeah, no, totally. And this is a quote that I, I think I saw it when I was going through treatment. And it stuck with me. I honestly don't know who said it, but it really stuck with me. And in fact, in my um, office, my friend um, made this, you know, she actually painted this quote for me and it's hanging in my office. And it is, um, settle with the past live in the present and believe in, sorry. Okay, let me try this again. It's settle with the past, live in the present and believe in the future. Hannah, <laughs> darn you. Oh my god! I you've got me tearing up over here. I don't cry very often. Oh my goodness! I know yeah. it's like that hit me because I that is such a powerful, <laughs> such a powerful thing. You gotta like settle settle whatever's in the past, and you've got to be here, live in the present, and you know what? Believe that you can do anything you want in the future. <laughs> I love this story. I I have no idea. You're um, so sweet. No, I'm so thrilled that I could share it. And that's what this is all about. And I get to do this every day in my job and not even talk about me. You know, it's not about me. It's about helping people bust through and, and do what you want to do because life is a gift and you're given it once. And everybody is strong. Find your strength. Do it, whatever you want to do. And I love, I love sharing that with people. You know, and that's what being a health coach is all about. It's about mind, body, spirit. It's about moving forward and you know, being a part of um, HCI, I truly believe in what we're doing, completely believe in what we're doing, or else I wouldn't waste my time being here. 
you know, and I just really firmly believe in that. It's a, it's a really amazing community of people who want to change the world. We are certainly lucky to have you here at HCI. I can't thank you enough for sharing your story with us today. And Thank you. And thanks for letting me come on and, and chat. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thanks for tuning in to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast. For more information on our programs, please go to www.healthcoachinstitute.com. Comment and share if you like what you hear.